welcome to the return of the Geek Remix podcast, and Stacy is here, and she wants to say it. <laughs> I'm the one that does the intro. Okay. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Geek Remix podcast. <laughs> I'm keeping the original part in. <laughs> I know. Keep the whole thing. This is Stacy, And I'm Mari. And, uh... Together, we become Geek to- Remix. Together, we are Geek Remix. Um... <laughs> I don't know what episode number this is. I also don't know if we should be... Should this, this is the reboot. This, no, this <laughs> is like the re-reboot. No, this is the DMC Devil May Cry of the Geeks. This is, podcast. You know this is the second reboot of the podcast, right? Yes. Because we had the original, like, way back in the day. And, and then, I've deleted those from the internet. Thank fucking God. <laughs> Thank God. Some people liked them, but I don't know if I was. No, no. You know, honestly, whenever people would be like, oh, like my old stuff on the internet, that was the first thing I always thought of was those podcasts. Thankfully, the first thing, first podcast I ever hosted is mostly disappeared from the internet. It was, uh, I was 18 and I hosted like this really, at the time, popular podcast about World of Warcraft. And I was such a fucking cringe fest. It was so bad. It was so bad. Oh, my God. So (laughs) this is episode whatever, I don't know, intro episode. Uh, Really quick, before we even start, I wanted to say thank you to the people who are supporting us on Patreon because it is thanks to your support that the podcast is back. Yes. Um, If you want to support us on Patreon, it's patreon.com slash geekremix. And we're also working our way towards our second goal. But we can talk more about that later. Um, so, first, I see that your topic, first topic is actually the same as mine. Okay. Which was the loot boxes. Yes. Um, CNN did a loot box practice, you know, piece. Yeah. And then, finally, EAA was like, oh, we're just, we're responding to what the fans want. And blah, blah, blah. It gives me comfort. I was wearing my headphones for no reason. <laughs> Other than my comfort. Other than to pretend that you can't hear me. I can hear you. These are completely... Whatever. I'm not gonna... I think the audio levels of some of our videos would suggest that sometimes you can't. I'm just a loud person. <laughs> that has nothing to do with the headphones. <laughs> I'm loud. <laughs> okay, so loot boxes. Because a couple people asked us to talk about the loot boxes thing. So Jim Sterling has done a pretty good I, good job of covering what they are. So anything I say is probably just going to be rehash of what he said. So just, you know. But ba- like basically really top level, it's like when games have you pay like real money to get a box that you open that could have like, you know, random items in it and you don't know what the items are going to be. And you want a particular item. And basically, some people say it's gambling, and I agree with that. Not, like, exactly gambling, but it's pretty... I think it activates the same parts in your brain as yeah. gambling. I, so, like, it's interesting because, like, people get really hung up on, like, the quote-unquote legal definition of gambling, but... And it's not, like, the same as, like, like gambling for money in the way that, like a, like, you do at a casino. However... What you said is right. It activates the same, like, oh, I want this thing. Oh, I didn't get this thing with this money, so I'm going to spend more money. Like, people will drop lots of money to get the items that they want, and especially when a game builds, like, their whole practice around these loot boxes. Like, people can spend so much money. I don't mind paying money to free games that I'm like, all right, I've been playing this for a bit. I think I'll, like, 
give a dollar or two to the whatever. I do it all the time. But it's not, yeah. But I don't like the whole, like, gambling for a game that I've already paid money for. That's really annoying. It's a big thing that turns me off. Like, when a game has a season pass, somehow, automatically now, I assume that it's shit. Yeah, same. <laughs> I, like, if I, any AAA game where I'm like, maybe I'll look into it, and then someone goes, do you want the season pass? And I'm like, do I want to buy DLC before it's even made? No. Yeah. I haven't even played the game yet. Like, yeah. what the fuck? Um, and also, the tricky thing is, like, with with loot boxes, they can do... The, the way that they make loot boxes, like, the reason they are in... They don't do them because they're like, oh, like, most people spend a dollar. Like, no, they do them because most people end up spending more than they intend to because they want certain items especially if items are like limited within a certain time frame like i think that they were saying doesn't overwatch do like oh like from this time to this time is the only time where you can get a loot box that has this certain item in it so that means that like you would have to spend a lot of money to maybe get that item in that time frame and you still might not get it um it's just like a really I don't know. I really feel like overall, just to be clear, I don't think we got this apart. There was a large drop in stock value when CNN covered the predatory loot box practices and then EA responded by getting rid of the loot box. But there are some rumors that they're going to bring it back and make it like a more integral part of, um, what's the word I'm looking for? The game? The game, but like uh, progression. Mm. Uh, I cannot be sure on these rumors because some people tweeted about, like, how EA told them that, but then they deleted the tweet, so I don't know what the sta- what if that's still concrete or not. Mm-hmm. But it's just not looking in a good direction. <clears throat> but I, f- I think EA knows what it's doing. Uh, they recently killed off another one of their developers and bought another one. I'm really... EA for a long time has been known as the studio killer. Yeah. And um, it really looks like they've killed Bio... Well, killed Bioware, but maybe not. Who knows? I feel like Bioware's, like, they're, they're like, dying, but then there's a few people being like, we can do this! Stick together! We're gonna be okay! We can, we can survive this! Like, with, like, Patrick Weeks and stuff where they demanded an extra year of development... For, dra- for Dragon Age Inquisition, and it showed, and it was so good because yeah. of that extra year. Made a big difference. Made a huge difference. <laughs> Dragon Age 2. Dragon Age 2. Dragon <clears throat> Age 2 could have been so amazing because the ideas of it and the storyline were so good, but then they, like, had no time to make the game. Yeah, I'm not saying it's, like, an awful game or that people shouldn't enjoy it. I'm just saying it could have benefited from more time. There was a lot of... Uh, Dragon Age 2 that held it back, like the repetitive dungeons. Dungeons, yeah. Where it was the same dungeon, but like different doors were open, and you're like, <laughs> oh my god. The story's so I'm good. I'm going insane! The story's so good. All the romances are like really weird, <laughs> but I love it. It's just, you know, between. I mean, one of my favorite Dragon Age characters is from Dragon Age 2. Fenris? Of course. God, he's such a weird, moody elf, but I just, I can't stay away. The rival versus friendship romances. Oh my god. You could still romance them if they hated your fucking... like, I fucking hate you, come here. Yeah, I know. (laughs) It's amazing. (laughs) 
And then one of your one of the boyfriends ends up being a terrorist, and you're like, uh oh. <laughs> oh, oh no. There's, there's a Dragon Age, there's an old Dragon Age proverb. The apostate mage will always hurt you. <laughs> Morrigan, Anders, Solus, apostate mage, it's gonna fuck you up. It's an old Dragon Age proverb. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I genuinely thought Solus and I were gonna get back together in the Trespasser DLC because that's you how... You were so... Hopeful. Because Morgan, in her witch hunt DLC, you end up together and you go into the other world or whatever to, like, cause chaos. And she's like, come with me. And I was like, okay, they're going to do the same for Solus. No, Solus is a piece of shit who I still love. <laughs> uh, before we get too far away from the loot boxes topic, one thing that I did want to bring up is that, like, I'm not opposed to companies having some sort of loot box type function in games but because no. I know that they have I know that they have to support themselves but the thing about the way they do the, the way they do them now is that like they specifically set them up to make a lot of money meaning that they actually use like psychological tactics to activate like gambling impulses and to encourage people not only to spend more but to get like hooked on the experience of buying loot boxes mm -hmm. so <laughs> Um, I, like, I'm not saying that there's, like, no place for, like, a, especially for, like, a free-to-play game, you know? Like, the game has to support themselves somehow, but, you know, there there is no regulation around it right now. There's nothing to stop any of the practices that they're doing, so... I think, okay, so, over the last, like, ten years, I'm starting to feel like, so the AAA industry made this kind of weird cycle where they kept spending more and more money on the development of games and then like being like okay this game needs to, s to make a hundred million dollars to make its money back and then it doesn't and they keep making promises to investors like if you pay attention to the shit they say yeah yeah and like to their investors and stuff and you read those and they're like and Mary's I promise talking this about much how return. a lot of the companies are like publicly owned so they do have shareholders so like that EA, they are Ubisoft blah 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 yeah. so they're like I promise this much money I promise this much money and these CEOs are like promising these high returns for these high investments because they have these big IP properties and they're trying to please the stockholders but I feel like they're getting into this cycle where they're just barely hanging on by the seat of their pants so they need to make more money here, more money there, instead of just consolidating spending. <laughs> mm -hmm. And I really feel like these microtransactions and stuff are a way to catch up. And I don't think they should raise the prices. I just think that a lot of the AAA studios have gotten themselves into this cycle that can't support itself. Yeah. And there there probably needs to be some sort of rehash on how AAA games are made or whatever. Well, and we've seen those, like, they call, like, you know, indie AAA games, like, where they're not AAA, but they still have a lot of time and effort put into them, like, that can do really well because they're not spending, like, millions upon millions of dollars in like development. Like, Witcher, The Witcher and... Uh, Hellblade, Sitsuna's Sacrifice. Sacrifice. Yeah, I think yeah. of like I think of Soma too. Soma is also really good. Um, but games like that where like it is like a little bit of a bigger studio. Uh, I think I think doesn't even does Resident Evil Seven 
I, I thought that no, was... No, that's, that's a Capcom game, I thought I think. that was a smaller studio for some reason. It probably is, but what I'm saying... Well, well, we'll get rid of that example for now, but basically, like, I think... All the studios are trying to get for that, like, game of the year, like, big fucking game shit, and, you know, there's certain IPs that, like, can carry that, like, GTA and stuff, but there's other ones that can't, mm-hmm. and it's really starting to get to be a problem where I think what they're doing is they're kind of exhausting uh, non-gamer consumers. Does that make sense? Consumers who are the ones who, like, buy one or two games a year. Yeah. And if they get burnt Casual, out... Cat, like, people who are just, like, they don't really play games all the time, but they're just, like, you know, oh, I'll just pick up this... I'll pick up the new COD. Yeah. And it's, like, it. Yeah. Or they'll be like, oh, I heard about um, Horizon Zero Dawn. I'll play that. And if you keep fucking over these, like, high AAA games that the general populace knows about, they're going to think of video games as just that, the microtransaction gambling bullshit stuff. And they're going to be like, well, fuck this. I guess I'm just not into games anymore. Mm -hmm. Because that's the representation you're getting, and it's going to lead to a crash for the AAA industry. Probably not for the indie industry. Bold predictions with Mari. Bold predictions. Crash of the AAA industry. I mean, we've seen it before. It's mm-hmm. happened before where, you know, the main AAA, like, games of the 80s were getting so bad and so diluted that people were like, I guess I'm just not going to play any fucking video games anymore on consoles. Mm-hmm. And then the indie games that were, like, on PC and shit basically just made it so people were still interested in games but i just don't see how this is going to be sustainable in any way well i think yeah like one of the big issues is basically like if they're gonna spend oodles more money and they don't want to raise the price which i mean i think it's i don't want to say that it's fair but like you can't ex- you can't expect people to pay like every like a casual fan to pay like a hundred and twenty dollars for a video game, you know, especially like a game that's shorter. I mean, you know how people freak out when it's like you get games like The Order, what whatever, eighteen eighty six, eighteen eighty six, where it was like five hours long, you know. You, and you, pay, you pay full price for a game like that, and like yes, there's a lot of like time and money that goes into that game, but. You know, like a casual fan that picks that up is going to be really pissed. I know. I get that some game critics and stuff, including us, where we're like, oh, no, it was like a worthwhile experience because five hours, that was worth it to us. But there's some people who can only afford, like, one game. They're going to be like, what the fuck? Yeah. (laughs) I'm pissed. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, we make up for it slightly because, you know, we're playing the games and putting them on the internet. So, like, we didn't get it for free, but... We, we make some money back from it. Yeah. yeah. And so. it's just, I just really don't feel like this is going to be a sustainable practice in the long term. And all these tiny little things that are just taxing the players, nickel and diming them and stuff like that. Like people used to have this same problem with DLC. So we're having the problem with DLC still where like half of the game's just not there. And then we have microtransactions for fucking ogres or whatever. And the, like you're just paying for every single little thing. You're just getting expansion packs. You're like playing the fucking Sims and paying like for every single little thing and it 
Sucks. You're like, oh, do you want this expansion pack if you want your character to have hair? <laughs> it's really... It is annoying, but I just really feel like it's going to burn out the people who aren't, like, obsessed with video games or their whole mm-hmm. life isn't video games because they're not going to know about the smaller titles that are pretty cool. Yeah. No one's going to find out about that unless it's just... It's yeah. making everybody look bad. <laughs> it's making... You're making everybody look bad, EA. Um, do Your we, turn. Do we want... Okay, so I wanted to bring up that article about uh, Cleopatra in Assassin's Creed Origins. Oh, yeah. Tell me about it. So I would... I'm going to, like, read little snippets of the article because I think it's kind of important for context. So basically, I just want to put out there first, one, I have not played Assassin's Creed Origins. So I'm mostly talking about my experience with this article that talks about it. I'm not really talking about the game so much. So don't come to me and say, like, but in the game, blah, 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 because I'm not talking about the game, I'm talking about the article. Okay, first of all, this is written by a dude, right? Yes. Okay. No, no, no. I understand, I understand like, what they're trying to do. No, okay. Polygon does this a lot, where they try to do a thing and they completely fuck it up. So, basically... They talked about how racism wasn't a problem in the street fighting community anymore, and that sexism was, and I was like, thanks for making women think look like we don't care about race. Like, <laughs> it was fucking the worst. Um, so, this is... Assassin's Creed Origins, promiscuous Cleopatra is just plain wrong. And... The, okay, so the article goes on to describe how in Ubisoft's latest historical drama, Cleopatra is tough, smart, and ruthless, but she's often clothed in slinky, revealing outfits. She's a femme fatale, exotic, sensual, flirtatious, and beautiful. According to leading classicists, which are historians, working today, the woman we see in the game is almost certainly nothing like the real Cleopatra, especially the way she behaves around men. So one of the arguments against making... Cleopatra this like and like making her this kind of like sex pot character is that in Cleopatra's history she is portrayed by the Romans as like this total like sex pot vixen like they one of their one of the ways that the Romans like implied that somebody was like horrible politically was to essentially, like, publish a bunch of sex scandals about them. Mm-hmm. That was, like, one of their ways to, like, make somebody seem like a horrible person and mm-hmm. corrupt. Mm-hmm. So they got a, qu- a bunch of quotes from uh, historians where they're talking about how... Let me, hold on, let me find... She Okay, so the example that they're giving is she hosts... Cleopatra hosts a lavish party on her veranda. Most of her guests are cheerful, soldierly men. She declares that she will sleep with any man at the party as long as he agrees to be executed afterwards. This raises laughs and jokes. It seems the offer has been made before and accepted by an admirer willing to pay her price. Which, honestly, I think is kind of funny, but the historians go on to say, like, oh, this is, a, this is bullshit, like, we're talking about someone who was a queen, she most likely slept with two men in her entire life, she was the victim of a smear campaign after her defeat by Augustus that's perpetuated by Hollywood, she would never have slept with random men if she had sex with anyone, it would be purely for the protection of her country, and Cleopatra was a devoted mother of four, she would not have behaved in this way at a social event. Wait, what? So, wait, wait, so she can only be a slut if it's for other people, not for herself. That's what I said. She can only have sex 
if it's to protect other people so, and but not for her own pleasure so, and she can't have sex because she has kids like what, that's what I was, okay so <laughs> what? when i was when i was reading this i, I was, i'm not debating this historian's clear better knowledge of her than me but so what i what i disagree with in this is that like one i think it's totally fair to be like this is not historically accurate and to argue the historical inaccuracy, like, I think that that's totally fine. What I don't like is that we then go into this kind of, like, weird slut-shaming territory of, like, she's a mother! She doesn't have sex! And, like... Wait, hold on. What I want to know is, first of all, who is this, like, are they a professor? There's, like, eight different people quoted in this. Okay, so the person, what... What is the evidence that they prove? Or are they just saying, like, I know what I'm talking about? Here's the thing is that there is no evidence to prove either way. Okay, so they're so, just using their own logic as to... Yeah, so the thing about Cleopatra is that, like, it's how she's... Portray- the, what we know of her is how she's portrayed by the Romans and in, like, Western art. That's where we get most of our information about her. Mm-hmm. And when historians say, like, oh, well, like, that's in- inaccurate because the Romans lied about her, it's like, what we're... And then historians go and say, so she couldn't have been a sex monster. It's like, well, actually, we don't know that, though. So, like, you're really just slut-shaming her for no reason. And also, statues of her, by made by her own people, have her tits out. So, it's... I wouldn't say it's unreasonable for her to be dressed in sexy clothes because it's hot in Egypt. So, and, But yeah. I would say... I just don't really understand who are these people who are the experts. These are, like, professors of Egyptology and, let's see. Uh, And then there's, like, author, like, there's author, like, book authors, professor of Egyptology at the American University in Cairo. There's a couple other people in here, too. I, okay, so... And there's, like, people who have, like, written books about her and stuff. I totally except that they probably know a lot more about her than I do. But I wish they would have been like, according to this thing, instead of just being like, she wouldn't have sex with people because she has kids. But, like, where does that say it, you know? Yeah. And another, so I talked to, I talked to a a historian friend of mine. Really? Yeah. Who was talking about, like, the, like, so she explained to me that classicists in that movement, there was basically this kind of shift where everybody was like, oh, what did she say? She was talking about how, like, there's where's been... Where's your wedding ring? It's right here. No, where's the other one? It's at home. Okay. I thought maybe, like, it fell off and you didn't know. No. Okay. Um, she was explaining to me that, like, this whole kind of, like, she's not a slut is kind of like a knee-jerk reaction to, like, previous historians that basically the way that they used to bring powerful women down Mm -hmm. was to slut-shame them. Mm -hmm. And so now it's kind of gone the other way where they're, like, sticking up for, like, the whole virginity thing Mm -hmm. by being like, no, 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 no. Like, she's a good person. She's not a slut. And stuff like that. It's really annoying because she can be a slut and And a good person. I know. (laughs) So, (laughs) and, like... It kind of, I just, I don't know, I wanted to bring it up because it's just, like, this really interesting, you know, like, the game's not making her, like, fuck horses or anything. It's not, like... And if she did, that's fine. 
don't fuck horses. I'm just saying, if you're the queen of Egypt, fuck it. Like, who cares? I just, I think it's powerful. I think it's okay for her to be, like, this, like, super powerful ruler figure and, like, and still kind of, like, in, as long as she's, like, in charge of her own sexuality. Like, I haven't played the game, so I cannot speak to, like, ex- all the portrayals I think of her. Stacy, she is purely reacting to the fact that one guy was like, she would never have sex for her own pleasure. She would only have sex with people in order to protect her country. Like, okay, you weirdo. Like, what? I know. <laughs> Why would you say it and like listen, that? okay, Cleopatra is kind of like one of the unofficial queens of the sluts. And so I felt the need to stand up for my girl here. <laughs> When all these people are being like, she would never do that. And I'm like, you don't know what the fuck she was doing, okay? Yeah, nobody knows. Yeah. Okay, don't you take this away from us. Don't you take this away from us, okay? And people were like, oh yeah, Catherine the Great, she was a huge slut. And I'm like, good. Good, she was. Um, Well, I mean, she was like a slut, but not as big a slut as as like fucking a horse. And I'm sorry if if people are like offended by that term, but... I own that term, and I am going to use it. It's co- it's okay. To no, be I'm just because I know that some people. I know that some people take that as like an insult, and I'm just here to tell you that you don't have to. It's not. Maybe those historians have some tablet that said like Cleopatra wasn't really into sex or something. <laughs> and anyway, like... if she wasn't, that's totally fine. But I wish they would have cited like some historical accurate like. Some, like, some something historical, aside from just, like, our own modern-day values and morals. Unless that professor's you know? secretly a vampire who's lived <gasps> and knew Cleopatra. And he's like, I can't he, say why I know this. Yeah, like, but... he, he's like, no, she didn't. She had four kids. I remember. I hung <laughs> out with her. <laughs> Unless he did that, then... As just the reasoning behind that, I'm like, because she had four kids... I what know. does that have to do with with anything? So we know she had sex four times, <laughs> but that's it. Everything else is unconfirmed. Wasn't her husband like really not hot or something? Mark, An- who was her not husband? not Mark Anthony, no. the other one, because the Egyptian royal family was kind of really badly inbred. So I think her husband was her brother or some shit. Uh, Ptolemy. Yeah, I'm pretty the, sure he whatever. he had some severe disabilities. Wait, did she have three husbands? Probably. Because it says Ptolemy the 13th, Ptolemy the 14th. Is that her son? Probably. I don't know. Listen, and, don't listen to us about history. I'm no, just... no, no. Yeah, don't. Oh, her brother husband? Yeah. She, they always you know married what? their... We don't know anything about history. No, so Cleopatra, ma- they always married their siblings in order to keep the bloodline pure. I just... That's why they were, after a while, like, that's why King Tut is, like, really malformed. Yeah, her, first, her first sibling husband. And then she married her other brother? And then there's, like, Mark Anthony, and I don't know. She was like... Oh, 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 okay. She originally ruled jointly with her father, Ptolemy. I don't think she was married to him. Later with her brother's... Whom she married as per Egyptian custom. Okay. Brothers. So she married both her brothers. She married both of her brothers, and then she became the sole ruler. And And everyone's like, her brothers keep dying. Just keep her up. Just, yeah. (laughs) And then she had, I think, three kids. She had three kids with Mark Anthony. Anthony. I keep saying Mark Anthony. Like, he's like the, like. How many babies did she have? 
Um, she kept it real tight, huh? One, two. Remember, she just she said four. I we, know, but she kept, kept saying she had four. She was still fucking super desirable after four kids. She was keeping it tight. You know that people are still desirable after they have kids, right? I know, but I'm saying she probably was keeping it tight. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you have to say it like this, tight. Tight. You have to keep it. She was probably like plopping them out and being like, still have it. And everyone's like, wow, she's so fertile. I'm into it. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Back then, like w- women after their fourth child, people were like, she can have a baby and not die. I'm so into I'm it. I'm so into that. That's so hot. It's so fucking hot. It's kind of yeah. like the French kings and their wives would have like 11 kids and they'd be like, I'm yeah. so into my wife. And my other mistress, who has 18 kids. And my other, other mistress, who has 24. Oh, my God. And I'm like, you got, you could have more, you, like, they, were they just pregnant the same woman mm-hmm. 11 times? So, <laughs> so before we move on to this topic, I just want to close by saying I am totally fine with people arguing the historical accuracy of games. I think that... Wanting them to be more historically accurate is completely fine. She's and it's basically a valid just argument. mad about that one sentence by that one historian. There, well, there's a couple sentences. It's just the argument that, like, oh, like, she couldn't have been like that, but we don't really know. And it's like, and also, I don't like the fact that it's like you're referring to saying that somebody is like sexually active and calling it a smear campaign. It's like, it's not a smear campaign to say someone has sex. Well, back then it was, to be fair. I know. But now it's not. So now we can say now it and it's not, not. Be, not be mean I'm just about saying, it. like, if somebody, I don't know, it just, like, it irritates me, the whole, like, virgin versus slut, you know? I mean, fucking Queen Elizabeth had lovers. And um, Catherine the Great, she was a virgin until she was, like, in her tw- late 20s. Then she had, like, sex one time and had babies. And then after she killed her husband, that's when she started slutting it up. And then people exaggerated her sluttiness, but she was so slutty that the only way they can go further was to say she fucked a horse. Mm-hmm. That was how slutty she was. She was slutty, but they were still giving her shit for it, so they made it worse. So you can be both. They can be trying to make you look bad, and it'd be true, except for the horse part. She didn't fuck a horse. But she was super slutty, and it was awesome. Powerful people, unless they're asexual, are sluts. I mean, I don't see why not. You don't have to be if you don't want to. I'm just saying that, like, it's okay either way. No, it's actually, you have to. Oh, oh dear. (laughs) The Um, French kings were expected to have mistresses. Yeah. So, it's legally required that you be slutty. As soon as you start making more money, the police come. And they say, sorry. And they say, excuse me. <laughs> You're not being nearly as slutty as you need to be. Mm-hmm. From the League of Powerful People. And it's on a note. <laughs> so what's next? Uh, My turn. Yeah, go ahead. The original version of Tamagotchi is being re-released in Japan. Maybe it comes to U.S. I think people, Stacey, you said that you saw people with it. No, I I read a review, like, where somebody was, carried it around for a little while and talked about what it was like to have, because they had one in their childhood, so they were talking about, like, what it's like, and basically the synopsis was, it's still just as boring. Well, okay, so, people in Japan love that shit, 
And you can get, like, newer versions of Tamagotchi where it's, like, got a whole bunch of other shit you can do with, like, Bluetooth and shit. It's not that great. They're, like, 40 bucks on Amazon. But now they have the original one with just the original inputs. And it's smaller. It's smaller than how it was before? Yeah. It's, it's like, this big. Oh. And so, basically, you can how, feed wait, it. Wait, how much is this big? Describe it in words. The size of a quarter? Like, what is that? I don't know. Smaller so, than the original Tamagotchi. Stacey one. It's this big. It's like... With her hand. I and know. It's the size of your thumb? Maybe, like, a little bigger than your thumb? Maybe. So, like, if you made your thumb into, like, a circle or an egg shape, you know? Now, I don't think that... Now everyone's going to be hurting their thumb. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it's basically... You can only... You can... You can clean up its poop... And you can feed it, and that's it. Well, yeah, it's supposed to be not something you engage with all the time. It's I, something you put in your locker, and it beeps, and then the school bans them. Yeah. <laughs> I just, I think that, I don't know how much fun it would be now, seeing as, like, you know, when you have things like, do you remember, like, Neko, 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 Neko Atsume? The cats. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you have things like that where it's like there's so much more to do. They now. should come out with an official. Well, they're basing it off of nostalgia. Yeah. But they should come out with like an official Tamagotchi phone app. I know. I wonder if they. I think they should have one because it's like you carry your phone with you everywhere, and you could be able to do so much, <coughs> so many like fun things with it. You know. Well, they're just basing it off of nostalgia. They want so like adults can like pick it up. And play with it and just have it as a, a part of their keychain probably mm-hmm. uh stuff like that you got anything um so did you know that the new pokemon movie has pikachu speaking english what yeah he like speaks words no i'm i'm gonna show you i no, i'm saying i don't want it oh my god what is this it's it's like really upsetting okay you guys are gonna hear it too Hold on. That's not. No, only Meowth can talk English. And Mewtwo. What is this? Hold on. I'm trying to get the video to play. Ugh, I don't want an ad. This is Fuck saying, that. No. no, Pikachu is only supposed to say a few things like Pika... Pika Pika. Pika P. And Pikachu. No, Pika Pika P. And Pika P. Pikachu. Okay. Pika. What the fuck? Is there like a reason why suddenly Pikachu can talk? I don't know. That's weird. I don't like Just it. Just everybody completely like freaked out about it and lost their minds because what? Pikachu doesn't speak English. He doesn't speak it, it words. Weirded, it weirded me out. It's really weird, right? It's because. And it just, I don't know. It it's, sounds like a demon. Like yeah. a demon possessed Pikachu. It's because I love you. You know what? It kind of reminded me if like AJ suddenly started talking to me, and then I'd be like, I don't like this dynamic. No, I don't like this anymore. This, I don't like this new dynamic where you can talk. For some, it's like it's like Pikachu Pennywise or something. He's like, it's because I 
Yeah, but like I let AJ watch me poop and stuff. Like, imagine if he could talk now. He could tell all your friends. No, it's not about that. I don't care if he tells all my friends about the fact that I poop. Mm-hmm. Like nobody else, nobody poops but me. Like no. No, he could tell them about all the other stuff. There's what? Well, there's nothing that he could tell you that I don't already let you know. I know that's true. <laughs> or I let the internet know. There's no secrets. But yeah, I have a giant dragon dildo in the middle of my living room. So yeah, or whatever that room is. I guess it's my bedroom now. It's your. It's just your 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 room. I have live in a studio apartment. I live. In, I live in a room. I live in a studio apartment with a wall divider. So. Basically, the middle of my living area. Um, what were we talking about? That's you re- speaking English. I, oh, yeah, I blacked out. Pika Yeah, that's it. That's all. That's Pikachu. what Pikachu. If anything, there should be a Pokemon translator that you press, and it says, Pikachu said, I love you, or something I feel like, like that. Like, it would have been better if there were subtitles, but having him actually speak, it's just so wrong. It's disturbing. Also, why now? Like, 20 years later? There's probably some sort of, like, oh, now, Ash, you have a translator in your ear, or, like, they did an experiment to Pikachu, and it's, like, temporarily Pikachu can talk to you or some shit. They better retcon this. I don't like it. It's probably, like, oh, in this magical Pokemon field radiated by this other new legendary made out of, like, diamonds in the shape of a butthole, you can talk to your Pokemon. Mm-mm. But I don't like it. I don't like it. I don't like knowing that Pikachu has the ability to have complex I don't language. like knowing that this exists in our world today. Like, no. 2017 has been bad enough, and now Pikachu speaks. <laughs> <laughs> We've reached rock bottom. We've reached rock bottom. <laughs> okay. Trump is president. Everyone's a sex monster. People are dying. Nazis. Pikachu speaks English. Nazis are in the street. Pikachu probably talks about how Hitler had some good ideas. Oh, no! (laughs) No, that's what I'm like... (laughs) Maybe that's, like, the next movie is Ash has to, like... (laughs) Pikachu is now, like, a white nationalist. Pikachu runs... What's that website? Stormfront? Oh, God. (laughs) Breitbart? No, Pikachu writes for Breitbart. Pikachu's the new, like, Pikachu's the new Milo. Oh, God. Fucking creepy. (laughs) Imagine AJ suddenly starts talking to you, saying shit that Pikachu... I, I don't like it when you go, because I want to be with you always. No. No. He's a dog. All right, what next? Nino Cooney 2 reveal! Uh, Stacy, you didn't play Nino Cooney 1, right? No. But I love Nino Cooney, and it's made by the Studio Ghibli team, the people who make like Princess Mononoke and Steered It Away. The thing that annoys me, though, is that Miyazaki, like, left the place before they started making the Nino Kuni games, and Miyazaki usually has the lead be a woman, or at least have somebody, like, close to Somebody them important. Be a woman. Or a girl, because he just, like, in a non-creepy way, loves little girls. He just thinks they're adorable. hmm And... It annoys me that the, now that's like all led by boys, and I'm like, I hate it, but I still love it. I just wait—is this the lead character of Nino Kuni too? Yeah, it's a cat boy, or something. I mean, could be either. No, I watched the trailer. It's oh, a boy. does it? It's yeah. There's, there's yeah. It. 
It speaks. He's a boy, cat boy. He's going to be king or something. And then the mouse people are like, we're going to take over the world or something like that. But Nino Kuni is really fun to me because it's made by Studio Ghibli and Level 5. And I really liked the first game. Uh, I just, in the back of my head, I'm like, should have been a girl. Mm. This world is sexist. One more thing. Take it away from me. No, I'm just... I think it, but I don't think it too seriously, if that makes sense. Yeah, I understand. Where I'm just, like, a little peeved. I'm like, if Miyazaki was here, this would be a girl. <laughs> um, Skyrim is coming... Is on the Switch? Or is it on the, the Switch, Switch or coming to the Switch? Coming to the Switch? I'm assuming if it was Skyrim actually- is coming to everything. doesn't matter. <laughs> Fallout um, 4 is finally coming to VR. Oh. I know. Now you can enjoy the blandness in VR? Yes. Uh, I don't get... It's Fallout 4 it was so... It just it didn't have anything. Um. So one thing that I thought would be co- kind of cool to talk about would be... So, you know, L.A. Noir came to the Switch. Mm-hmm. And um, Laura, our friend, Laura Kate Dale, wrote a piece about... So, Laura Kate Dale is on the autistic spectrum. She is Asperger's. Asperger's. Asperger's, or. And basically, like, can, if if you are on the autistic spectrum, you can have trouble reading certain facial expressions and like pricking up on vocal cues. So she wrote a very interesting piece that talks about how when when La Noir came to the Switch. It changed up the interrogation mechanic, mm-hmm. so it's actually easier for somebody like her to play. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was very interesting because, of course, you know when they first announced that they were changing the like whole truth, doubt, lie thing. What did they change it to? Oh, good cop, bad cop, and accuse. Mm-hmm. And people got like kind of pissy about it because they were like, "Well, and I mean, and I was kind of like, oh, I wonder why they did change it because." As you know, like, playing through truth, doubt, and lie doesn't always quite match what the You're detective's going to say. say. Yeah. Because sometimes you'll, like, choose something and he'll be like, hey, I fucking hate you. And you're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> like, I just wanted to say doubt. <laughs> I just wanted to be like, are you sure? Yeah. <laughs> um, but apparently it, like, the di- so the dialogue remains the same, but it kind of changes the context context of like what you're looking for mm-hmm. and it changes to like you know it changes your understanding of like when do I use these different dialogue options because sometimes it's like you know the other ones could have been confusing I'm not on the spectrum and I have a hard time we both had a hard time and yeah. I can't imagine if how hard it is if you are on the spectrum that has to be really stressful and yeah and so basically i really i suggest you read her whole piece that's called why interrogations are better in la noir on switch um it was just a really it kind of brought to mind for me how like lots of times like developers will like either change things in games or like features will be available that people will be like oh like why did they make a casual casual gamer setting and it's like well you know, not one, not everyone's good at games. Would you rather there be an ultra casual setting so that it could appeal to more gamers or have a bunch of microtransactions? And also, like, it's like a lot of those functions that people complain about, like, are for people who have disabilities. Like, 
if you're somebody who, and even if you don't have a disability, if somebody like is doesn't isn't very good at games, like you still want them to be able to play and buy the game, you know? Yeah, because there's two options to either making more money, fucking loot boxes, or make the game without you know watering it down into vanilla town. Just have an easy mode for people to enjoy the game. Yeah. So, and, you know, things like, you know, turning off the head bob and, like, the, the turning off, like, breathing mechanics and, like, different visual settings, like, all that stuff. It's, like, those are settings that don't hurt anybody. <laughs> you don't have to use them if you don't want to, and yet it can make the game so much more enjoyable for other people who maybe aren't quite like you. Having a story mode is a great way to increase the market you're selling to without actually hurting the game or making you pay weird microtransactions yeah oh you know that assassin's creed origins is gonna have like a like history mode where you can essentially just like you don't have to do any quests or participate in any story stuff but you can just like walk around and look at all of like the historical stuff that they put in the game oh like having an audio tour yeah on the left because I guess that they included a lot of, like, descriptions about, like, historical Egypt stuff, so... That actually sounds fun. That sounds like something I, I want to do. Yeah. So you can just kind of, like, walk around and, like, dick around and, like, pick up, like, pots and, like, read about, like, these different, like, design motifs and, like, stuff like that. I keep trying to get into Assassin's Creed and I just... Even on the ones that are good, I'm like, I don't care. Ass Creed? Ass Bro Creed. Aspro Creed? Assassin's Creed Brotherhood Aspro. <laughs> um, next, I thought maybe we could, t if you don't have any other news items, um, thought we could talk about some books that we've been reading. I have read so many books since the last time we did a podcast, but I'm just going to recommend two series. This is our Audible trial thing. Yep. The reason we need people to take our sponsorships is because YouTube is sucking more and more every day. Sometimes things get hit as non not safe for all advertisers, and there's no tags, and I haven't done anything yet. Well, it just and, is. And even if people don't want to do the trial, I like recommending books because I know that some people have have become Audible subscribers, like monthly subscribers, mm -hmm. because of us. And so I like to recommend some cool things that I'm reading, especially because, like, Specifically, I listen to them on Audible, so I can tell you that the narrators are good. Yes. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Um, so if you want to listen to a free book on Audible, you can go to audibletrial.com slash geekremix, listen to a free book. Um, couple that I would recommend, I would recommend the Helldivers series, which is by Nicholas Sansbury Smith. It is, it is a great, like, dystopian horror future series of books. What's it about? So it is basically you discover that it's like, what, 250 years in the future after like a some sort of cataclysmic event and the surface is unlivable. So the entire human race has taken to the sky in these airships that were only... So it's in the Jetsons? This is about the Jetsons? The Jetsons didn't have airships. They lived in the sky. No, they didn't. They the Jetsons. Lived, they lived in houses in the sky. This yeah. This is literally an airship floating around. The Jetsons had hover cars. I'm a fucking moron! <laughs> it is not the Jetsons, Mari. Your joke falls flat. Um, 
So I'm the joke police, remember? Yes. Did, did you see somebody? Their t- their house lit was a giant fucking blimp thing, and then they would go out of the house into floating. I cars. didn't think their house floated. Yeah, their house was in the clouds. I thought like, their house the was sc- just on a tall like spire. I don't are know. you sure it was they floating? lived in the sky? I don't know if it floated. Anyways, these are like these decrepit, rundown ships that were they like old airships that were only supposed to last for like ten years or something, but they've been in the sky for two hundred and fifty years, so they're constantly breaking down, and so they have to send these teams of people called hell divers mm-hmm. that dive back down to the surface for at, supplies for, for supplies to bring things back up, and you know as what's you can, down there. Uh, horrible things. No, but, like, what kind of horrible things? Like, radiation monsters and just, like, death. So, like, horrible mutants. Yeah. Everything, everything, anything that's left, most things are dead, but anything that's left is, like, horribly mutated and, like, dangerous. Can you eat them? No. Because they're too radioactive. Well, you can't even, you have to be in a suit the whole time. Um. You can't take, like... So anyway. how do they de-irradiate anything they bring back? I don't know. I mean, they're all dying of radiation poisoning anyway. Okay. But um anyways, it is and there's like only like a certain amount of people that are left of like the entire human race and so the impar- it's like imperative that they survive. <laughs> um anyways, it's just a really interesting book. It's narrated by R.C. Bray, who's the same guy that narrated The Martian. Mm-hmm. Uh, Audible suggested these books to me a couple times, and I was thrown off by the cover, because it showed people, like, skydiving, essentially. And you're but, like, Pfft. well, but they looked like, they looked like army guys, and so I was like, oh, it's an army book. I don't want to read a book about the military. And then I read that it was, like, dystopian fiction, and I saw the narrator, and I was like, oh, okay, I'll check it out. And I was like, this is awesome! But it's so dark. It's, like, very depressing. If you want something less depressing, but also <laughs> kind of depressing, the Red Queen series has three books out so far. Oh, we've recommended that several times yeah, but now, the la- but they're I so I finally good. read the latest book, which the female lead had a, had a level of character and strength she did not have in the first book, and I did not expect her to gain. And I was like, is this... This is, like, uh, the maturation of the author and the character at the same time. The fourth one is coming out in May 2018, and I'm so excited. I don't want to think about it, because then I'll get too excited and be upset I have to wait. I'm so excited for that book. But, yeah, it's uh, the Red Queen series. It's a young adult series. It's basically, like, there's people... There's the reds and the silvers, and the silvers have, like, special powers, and so they're kind of, like, the upper class of people, and the reds are, like, laborers and, like, work for them, and then there's, like, a whole bunch of, like, crazy crap that happens. It reminds me a little bit of, like, the Hunger Games and the Grisha series. It's like if there was a nuclear holocaust and the people who survived got mutant powers, but some people didn't. And then that, like, it, it's like if X-Men happened in the post-apocalypse and then a thousand years after that. Mm-hmm. And then the X-Men There wasn't became, really an apocalypse, though. There was. This is a post-post-apocalypse world. Oh, but, like, post-post. Cause yeah, this already, is, like, like, this is a thousand years after the apocalypse. Yeah. Because there's actually remnants of the old world in mm. there, and then they're like, we can't go over there because there's radiation from the bombs from the old, old war. Oh, I didn't even remember that. Yeah, it's in a post-post-apocalypse. So it's like, the apocalypse happened, some time went by, and then they reestablished a civilization after that. Yeah. So that's how, 
So this is like our world a few thousand years in the future. Mm. But yeah. And um, then everybody has a natural ombre to their hair. If you <laughs> if you want to read a book, this was recommended to me by a lot of people, The Long Way to a Small Angry Planet by Becky Chambers. Um, that is like good times sci-fi. It reminds me a little bit of Firefly where it's like you've got your crew and everybody like, you know, like the stuff that goes on between the crew, they go on an adventure. Um, good times had all around. And, uh, I didn't like the second one quite as much because it focuses on different characters. There is a third book coming out in the summer, but the first one is really good. So I definitely recommend checking it out. The second one's not bad, but it's just like, it's, I wasn't. Anticip- I wasn't expecting it to be compl- like different people, so. If you're looking for something a little bit more saucy, um, it's hard to find saucy stuff. You had the tipping the velvet one, but mm-hmm. this one is heterosexual. She is like a ghost person. She is a person who can see ghosts, and she's like a vessel for ghosts to go into the next to pass What's on. What's the book? The first grave on the right. And, like, the series is called, like, and then the next one's, like, Second Grave on the left, blah, blah, blah. But she is a vessel for ghosts who can't move on. She goes to them, and then they pass through her. She's, like, a vessel. hmm And uh, it's saucy. She has, like, some mysterious thing coming after her, but she also, like, has weird sex dreams with it. Like, she dreams about it, and they fuck, and she's trying to figure that out while figuring some other mysteries out. Basically, cool female lead, cool story, cool premise, saucy stuff. It's heterosexual, though. So so take that with a grain of salt. But the heterosexuality is what's like a demon thing. <laughs> but who is not evil but was born to be evil. Yeah. So it's like, yeah. you know. <laughs> so if you wanted to listen to any of those for free, you can go to audibletrial.com slash geekremix and check those out. Um, and if you wanted to look through any of the other book recommendations I've done, um, and I'm on Goodreads, goodreads.com slash geekremix a lot, and that'll have, like, all of the books that I read. Oh, there is some hetero, like, sex bullshit where it's like, was that consensual or was it not? So if you're not into that, don't read First Grave on the Right. Uh, okay. And then uh, a couple questions that people had. Well, remember, audibletrial.com slash geekremix. Okay. Um, okay, so I sourced a couple questions from people. Uh, first one is, with the increased national attention on and against sexual harassers, do you think we may be turning a corner on how women are treated across the board, or do you think it's just a blip on the radar? Um... I want to believe it will change. Maybe it will change in not as big a way as we think it will, but it will be something. I think that it was really cool that Rose, what's her face, was McGowan. kind of the catalyst or one of the catalysts where she was like, fuck it, I'm done. Um, and I think it's going to make a change in the same way that Zoe Quinn mm-hmm. did it. Where it was like a very slow change where all the people who denied that it was even an issue saw the way people were reacting to Zoe Quinn. Mm-hmm. Am I, or is it Chloe Quinn? Zoe Quinn. Zoe Quinn. And they go, oh wait, yeah, sexism is real. I better change how I act. 
blah, blah, blah. And then a lot of people are going to be a lot less tolerant than they were before. I know that nobody believes me that sports is a terrible, sexist, horrible place, but it is. And you're all going to find out in five years when people start outing those people. Don't we already know? Uh, nobody believes me when I tell them. I mean, I think that... See, the thing is, is that I don't think it's that... I don't think it's that there hasn't been, like, any sort of uh, reveal on that one. Because, like, if you just look at the number of people, like, in, like, professional athletes that are arrested for, like, beating up their girlfriends or, like, raping people and all this other stuff. Like, I think people just don't care. And that's what I'm worried about with the entertainment <clears throat> industry, excuse me, that, like... Yeah, it's great that all of these people are being accused and hopefully seeing some consequences, but, like, if they're working again in three months and, like, launching a comeback tour, what was, you know? I mean, obviously, everybody, it's like you want them to be able to, like, heal and move past their mistakes. So I'm not saying that people should have to, like, you know, unless they, like, murdered somebody, it's like I don't want somebody to have to, like, be shut out of li I hope their own Harvey life Weinstein forever. is shut out of his life forever. I like I have mixed feelings about like how I want things to progress from here because obviously I want people to see consequences. I think the consequences need to be really harsh because we have fucking what's his face? The guy who married his daughter and shit. Woody Allen. Woody Allen, we have Roman Polanski and it's like Oh, well, they make really good art, so it's okay that they're fucking rapists and child rapists and disgusting pieces of shit. Mm -hmm. And it really bothers me. Or if we were like, oh, well, why don't you want to watch this movie? I was like, because the person who made it is a fucking pedophile. And yeah. they get away with it, and people put them on a pedestal because they, what, make a cool art? This movie is not more important than... The safety of others. It's just fucking not. And it just drives me fucking nuts. Where people are like, well, he's a cool guy. And I'm like, oh yeah? Well then how come you think Mr. Jefferson's a piece of shit? Because people let him get away with it in the fucking fake magical thing. Why? Because you got connected to one of his victims. Mm -hmm. If you actually like felt a connection to the victims of any of the people that this happened to, you would care more. But because all your in, your interaction with it is their stupid fucking movies, you're just willing to put it away because what? You have two hours of enjoyment and then they get to do whatever they want and hurt others and do and be praised. Like what kind of message are you giving the world as a whole? Yeah. It's just it it really um I understand, like, why people would say, like, oh, like, I'm so sad that, like, this person's stuff has been ruined for me now and blah, blah, blah. I can't enjoy their stuff anymore. And it's, like, while I understand the urge for people to say that, at the same time, it's, like, right, but what did we miss out on from all the people they hurt? You know? Like, what? I'm not mourning any losses. Like... I'm glad that Tarantino was leaving the Weinstein thing. Even though Weinstein gave him everything he needed to make the movies he wanted to make, he's like, oh, fuck, I didn't know that. I'm out. Mm -hmm. Like, it's just fucking gross. And, you know, the same, there's, like, similar problems in the YouTube community where I'm not talking about, like, rapists or anything. Well, I'm talking about, like, when John Tron was outed himself as a piece of shit 
everybody was like, fucking finally, now I don't have to deal with this asshole anymore because he was so popular that everyone was pretty much forced to be his friend and he was really mean to everyone. Mm -hmm. And they couldn't say anything and if he would talk shit about someone, they couldn't say anything because he was so influential that if you cut yourself off from him, he basically, not intentionally, would just, like, you're fucked. You know, Gabby and Allison uh, had an interesting piece. Gabby, I know them by first name. (laughs) Gabby Dunn and Allison Raskin of Just Between Us. (laughs) I do not know them. I wish I did. But anyways, they wrote an interesting piece about how like one of the issues with this is that all of these like projects that are headed up by people like you know Louis C.K. and you know Harvey Weinstein, uh, people like porn star James Dean, like when you the- don't have an option, don't disagree. Um, also, like, but what they're th- what they what they talked about was like when people like that go down, their projects often go down with them which has a cascade effect on anybody else that's working on the project. So obviously you want them to see justice, but it's very frustrating that like the studio will turn around and be like, like there were shows that Louis C.K. was working on that had a lot of other people working on them. And they were like, oh, well, we canceled it. Gabby and Allison had a show with James Dean, like the porn star who was accused of raping Stoya. And when that came out, they were like, oh, well, we're canceling your show. And they were like, can't you just recast James Dean because, like, we're still the show? And they were like, no, because, like, we wanted him to be in it. So they canceled the whole thing. And, like, I think it's a real shame that... I should note that uh, James Dean, he's a porn star, and a lot of his co-stars beyond Stoya came forward after she came forward. And, like, one of his ex-girlfriends and, like, a lot of his uh, co-stars were like, yeah, he does not, he is a fucking rapist. He does not listen to safe words and all this other stuff. So it's a pretty legitimate accusation. Yeah. But um, one of the things they were talking, Gabby and Allison were talking about was how, like, studio executives need to move past this, like, this, like, oh, the careers of everybody else uh, on this project depend on this, like, quote-unquote powerful man Mm -hmm. to, like, center the project. And it's like, no. Like, their project wasn't even announced yet, so they could have easily replaced Dean and, like, nobody would have even known that he was ever in it in the first place. Um, And, you know, stuff that, like, Louis C.K. was working on that, like, other people were involved in, it's like those people should still have a chance to work on the project. Like, just because Louis C.K. fucked up doesn't mean that that should, like, harm everybody else. Just take it away from them. Just take it away from them. And obviously, like, if the whole project has to go away in order for people to see consequences, like, I want there to be consequences. You know what I mean? Like, I'm never, I would never tell a victim not to come forward because it would hurt other people. Like, that's bullshit. And it's really hard for victims because then they feel responsible for all of that. Yeah. And it's just part of the system where you, where the victims are so often being held accountable for the things that happen to them. And it fucking sucks. And, like, where their careers are dependent upon their abusers. Mm Mm-hmm. So. But... 
Anyways, moving beyond that, uh, the second question was, what kind of games and entertainment do you enjoy for yourselves when you aren't making content for Geek Remix? Any material you think more people should see? Like what? Games and entertainment. So I would assume that means games that you like to play when we're not recording or TV shows you like to watch or whatever. See, now I'm like afraid to recommend any TV shows. I'm like, they're all rapists. All of them. Um, I mean, I think it's okay to recommend stuff, and if people don't like it, they don't have to see it. And if something happens later, that's not really your fault, you know? Yeah, I know. I just... It's like House of Cards was one of my favorite TV shows, and Kevin Spacey turned out to be, like, a monster, so... And he tried to throw the gays under the bus. I'm like, fuck off. <laughs> fuck off, Kevin Spacey. Um, as for, like, games and entertainment, so for the most part, I don't play a ton of games when we're not recording just because most of the time I am working. I'm hoping that changes when I graduate at the end of the year. Uh, but usually what I enjoy the most of is, like, audio content. So I listen to a lot of podcasts and audiobooks. Because, oh, yeah, podcasts. Yeah, because I can listen to them while I'm, like, walking around and, like, while I'm at work and stuff. Oh, so, I'm much more sure about the podcast as I listen to as not being rapists. Yeah. So I will recommend the Sawbones podcast, which is a wife and husband. The wife is a doctor, and the husband is a McElroy. McElroy is a McElroy. A McElroy. A McElroy. So Sawbones, uh, that's the only McElroy um, podcast I listen to. It has too bad. Has his wife and sometimes his wife's little sister, where they talk about different medical stuff and the history of medical shit, and it's really fun. But don't take medical advice from it because you should never do that. And I listen they to the, and they specifically tell you like no medical advice. I listen to the Jim Quisition or the Podquisition, the Jim Sterling podcast. I listen to um, let me just open my pot. I, I know. To, so I I would also recommend Hardcore History, which are like these like four to six hour epic history podcasts that are really good. That's Dan Carlin's Hardcore History. Um, uh, oh, I listen to uh yeah, dude, but they're kind of like in their 40s now so they try to be woke but sometimes they're not <laughs> and one time i was like can you stop saying like this one word because i pretty they're old they don't know and they're like yeah and then they told me to call them and they never called me back so calling you out seth romatelli said i think it's because they thought i was a little kid because when i'm on the phone i sound like i'm a little kid wait you called them they told me to call them and i left a voicemail Oh, my God. They said, call this number, and it was Seth's number, and I left a voicemail, and he never called me back. I would... Uh, wow, okay. <laughs> um, I listen to Lore, which is, like, creepy stories. I listen to The Adventure Zone, which is a McElroy podcast with the three brothers and their dad, which is where they... And they play D&D, and it's really oh, good. Oh, Limetown was a good one. Limetown? Limetown. Oh, Limetown. L-I-M-T-O-W-N. There's that was a new a, season coming. Yeah, there, so there's, Limetown is, like, a story-based podcast. Fiction. It's fiction. Like, it's a story. It's not, like, kind today, of like, like, here's some news about thing. It, this is, like, a story. It's a fake story. Where kind of like uh, the Black Tapes. Yes. That's another good one. Black Tapes podcast is good. The Message was good. The Deep Vault. Um, 
And then I've also, for another, The Greatest Generation is these two, like, film kind of guys that go through and watch all of the TNG, uh, Star Trek The Next Generation episodes and talk about them. They've now gone on to Deep Space Nine. But it's really cool because, one, they're really funny, and two, they have both worked in films, so they kind of pick up on some of those, like, interesting, like, film trivia tidbits Mm. that, like, delivered with humor are really interesting um, like, they'll talk about, like, co- like shot composition, like, very occasionally. They talk about, like, hair and makeup and, like, wardrobe choices. I don't know. It's just, like, it's really interesting, and I appreciate their take. Oh, No, Ross and Carrie is also a really good one. It, uh, it's these two buddies, Ross and Carrie. They go and they investigate pseudosciences and cults and stuff. They have a long series on... Scientology, but they'll also just like go to cult compounds and be like, "We're just interested in learning what's going on," and it's like the weirdest stuff. Their their Scientology expose was really great. Yeah, it was eight parts, and wasn't uh, it nine or nine parts? Maybe. Yeah, it was a nine part thing. They also did a bunch of like other cults uh, that are pretty good. Like the more obscure cults are also pretty interesting they like go to the compounds and they also do they could have been murdered they also do like fringe science stuff too yeah like uh essential oils or and like and uh like nootropics i think it's called where it's like the the chemicals like for your brain where they're like drink this and it like will like you'll have increased like brain function and stuff like that it's very (laughs) very interesting stuff um and if you need another so my, the two games podcasts I listen to are the Podquisition from the Gymquisition and Waypoint Radio. Oh, I listen to the Giant Bombcast. I haven't listened to them in a while, but they're usually pretty chill. Waypoint Radio has uh, Austin Walker and D- Danielle Riendo. Oh, yeah. And I... Austin I, used to work for Giant Bomb. Mm-hmm. And I just, I always appreciate that they have such, like, a... I don't know, just like a... Non-disgusting opinions? Yes, you know? (laughs) When the opinion's, like, not gross. Well, and it's like they can... It's like they talk about, like, game stuff, but also, like, they're not afraid to talk about, like, some of, like, the the social justice stuff that, like, naturally gets wrapped into some of these games. Mm -hmm. And, like, you know, it's always interesting to hear their take on stuff. So, uh, I think that's about it for topics, if you want to wrap this up. Okay, it's wrapped. I wrecked it. Well, no, we're going to do promotion. Oh, again. what are we promoting? So, um... Ourselves? Yeah. Okay. This is, this is the self-promotion section. Oh, okay. So, once again, this podcast is a in thanks to all of our supporters on Patreon. So, if you want to throw us a dollar over there, it's patreon.com slash geekremix. Our next tier that we're working towards is to do game roast videos, where we will have... Uh, patrons vote on a list of games that we have previously played which we can revisit in like a 10-ish minute video for some jokes and laughs they'll probably end up being like gaming sins but not as strict to the gaming sins rules format yeah yeah we're just gonna be like that's dumb yeah (laughs) so i really look forward to kind of like revisiting some of like the games that we've played and remembering how ridiculous they were um 
is as always if you want to keep in touch with me uh you can follow me on twitter instagram and tumblr at geekery mix a lot my instagram is basically just me playing dress up in all of my punk clothes and cosplay costumes so feel free to join in on that if you want go ahead uh what what else can i say mari is geekery mix on twitter instagram and tumblr that (laughs) you did it i did it okay (laughs) Uh, and so we will try to keep this out every week as long as we're above 400 on Patreon and see you all soon. Bye. Bye.